apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338-923, Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with with uh welcome to Sports Talk with with R and J. I'm your host today, Justin D'Onofrio. Steve is away this week, and Joseph McGuire, the president of CMG, is um, nice enough to join me today. Joe, thank you for coming on with me today. Great to have you on. Haven't talked to you, haven't done a show with you in a while. So excited! Thanks for coming on with me today, dude. It's my pleasure to be here. It's sports talk with J and J today. Yeah. Yes. And Riss like was that, at the yes. game last night. I think yes, I saw on was. Instagram, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he must have been excited. Too. I know he loves the Mets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an Astros. He's always yeah. Astros too. He does love his Astros. He must be down for the, the Rays, too. He's got to be loving that. I heard his comment oh, yeah. there about uh, how the Yankees aren't the best organization of baseball. And it's, look, I'll tell you the team I, I'm most afraid of right now. Baltimore Orioles. I'm right there with you. I think that's a team that's going to make a move in the next week or so. And I think, you know, look, they've got the they've got the assets. They've got the farm system to make something happen. They they need to get a big arm in there ASAP. And I think they yeah. could do I think they could do a lot. I'd like to see it. Look, the last year plus now, it's one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I think since Adley Rutch has come up, this was a week ago I saw it. I think they have the fourth best record in all baseball since he came up, and it makes sense. Yeah, 
the next six years of that that O's team, that's that's his special group. You know, and that's such yeah. a great ball city. So like I love that Baltimore's finally back. Cause that's that's such a great city. It's such a great stadium to watch a game too. Yeah, I'm glad. Well, you know, look, this is a team that went through some tough times, developed young talent, got those high draft picks, and they've converted those guys into major league baseball players. And again, it's one of those places where the Yankees have generally failed. You know, uh, mm-hmm. this 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 team reminds me of, and and for people who live in Connecticut, uh, who were around the uh, New Britain uh, baseball team. Uh, the Minnesota Twins, that entire team uh, from Torrey Hunter, Jock Jones, Doug Mankiewicz, David Ortiz, uh, Marno, Christian Guzman, uh, all those guys, Morno, they, I mean, they all came through that minor league system. They were developed, you know, six years later, you know, your first baseman gets replaced and, you know, they did a really nice job of constantly bringing through the pipeline, Michael Kadir, guys like that. Mm-hmm. And they were able to sustain themselves, develop some pitching. You sign a, a veteran or two to fill out the rotation. You got a competitive baseball team. It's not hard to do. It's really not hard to do. And again, you look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Again, a team that generally you lose somebody at first base. Yeah, well, this guy could play first. And they plug a guy in, uh, and, and and it seems to work. And the Red Sox are another team where I know the fans are upset that they've traded a lot of their bigger-name players over the last few years or, or let them walk, but got a pretty solid squad. Got a lot of great young ball players on that team. The Red Sox have constantly been doing that since the early 2000s. Everybody they bring up, a Dustin Pedroia, you know, guy turned into a superstar at the same mm-hmm. time as, you know, Veritech and, and, you know, go look at that team. And it's like, they know what to do and they know how to plug in spots, you know, and, and I hate to say this, but baseball's a business, you know, this, the economics of the game is you got just so much money and it's worse in football when, when you're talking about a hard salary cap, at least in baseball, it's like, you could spend whatever you want. And artificially, teams are like, we're going to stay under the threshold. Mm-hmm. The Mets were like, nah, threshold this. And look, look how that's turned out. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's turned out to be another Mets utter disaster. Yeah, the poor Mets, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I'll go one step further. We could kind of start talking about the Yankees here. Even, you know, and you brought up all those points about teams kind of building through the farm system and all that and bringing up start- – but the Yankees haven't really done that much. But outside of Judge, and I know you could say, well, they're always in the playoffs, so we're, we draft in the 20s and 30s. But look at the Dodgers. Every year they got guys. Gavin Lux, you know, Walker Buehler a couple years ago, Will Smith, they got another catcher that's close, I guess, too. Every single, so, like, that doesn't matter. Like, you know, these organizations. And, yeah, you look at the look at the Padres, too. They went out and spent. They went out and got Swan Soto last year. They gave up all those prospects. They used to have one of the deepest forest systems in the sport. And look at them. The it's not, it hasn't worked out for them either. So, yeah, I, I think the way that baseball is going, you know, again, the Yankees are never going to go to Baltimore direction, but like you got to really develop through the farm system. Listen, you know, there there's a reason the Yankees heyday involved bringing up the core four, you know, with people love talking about that. And it's like, you know, the Yanks weren't exactly churning out a lot of other talent other than those four guys, you know, over that entire 
20 year stretch. You know, you had flash in the pants. Shane Spencer showed up for five minutes, but most of the guys that they brought up from the minor leagues, otherwise pretty bad, you know, and you could make the argument, the, the, the Philip Hughes, Joba Chamberlain era, the same thing you're you're not really developing great pitching talent that's the key right there you know it's nice to get some good young ball players in there if you're drafting right you have the core of a, of a team again you mentioned the dodgers again drafting generally after the yankees do and yet they're constantly plugging guys in from their farm system who become the next big star in la why aren't the yankees able to do that yeah that's that's a big question. You know, yeah, you talk about pitching like Seve, you know, we've seen Se- Seve moments where like, yeah, he could look like an ace, but there's a couple starts already this year. It's like, man, you, you can't rely on him to be a starter. Look at Davey Garcia, Chance Adams, um, Justice Sheffield. You know, there's probably others I'm missing. That Again, they all failed. They all flopped at the major league level. So, yeah, the Yankees development-wise, it's just – it. It's been a major problem. Yeah, some of these other teams have been able to turn out stars. I know the Mets are starting to try to do that, but yeah, the Yankees are just again, it's a big part of why and why they, I think they've been struggling. Yeah, you know, you go on but and also Justin, look at guys like Sonny Gray, Joey yeah. Gallo, Aaron Hicks, veteran players who they didn't develop, who were miserable there, who left and they're going on to do better things. So I think there's something wrong in the clubhouse. Okay. I think this is a much bigger problem. Uh, I've heard some New York reporters refer to this team as selfish, that these guys are uh, a lot more into the numbers that they're putting up or, or not putting up uh, and that it's less, less concerned about the team and, and more concerned about, I I don't know if I buy that necessarily, but I've been seeing that a little bit more. That again, that said, Justin, you got a team of an older team, a lot of veterans, you know, and on paper should be able to get the job done. The problem yeah. is, and I mentioned this to you just before we went live, Rizzo and LeMayhew. LeMayhew's got a foot issue that has caused his swing to be a disaster. Rizzo with the home, you know, the lack of home run production ever since the neck injury. You play through the injury and you struggle. There's no forgiving that. There's no, well, he's out there grinding every day. I don't understand that. Your judge, you're sitting on the sidelines. Nobody's upset that Aaron Judge isn't playing right now. If it was Giancarlo Stanton again, when it's Josh Donaldson, everybody goes nuts. People are people are super upset. So this this was a poorly constructed roster. I didn't think much of it. It flamed out hardcore in in the second half of last year. They made a huge mistake in not re-signing Judge before last season. You know, they should have mm-hmm. ponied up a little bit more. You could you could have saved probably a hundred million dollars. Oh, yeah. Had you had you done that. And instead, in typical Brian Cashman fashion, much like he did in Ruin Dellen Batances, he wants to go into an arbitration hearing and talk about how undeserving you are of a contract. Come on, dude. It's like how many how many times are you gonna do the same thing and 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 fail at it? He should be fired. 
And and I I'll tell you right now, I think assuming that the Yankees miss the postseason, and I kind of almost hope it happens. I think Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone are gone. Really, I think Boone is, but I I'm worried about Cashman because he just signed that contract for four years this last offseason. Who cares? Doesn't really? matter. I, Doesn't matter. I think he should I'd too. pay that. I'd I'd pay that out, and I and I would move on. It. Or you know what? Even worse, maybe you maybe you promote him, yeah, yeah, to a different, higher job where he's not in the way. Yeah, I would like that because I think that would probably be more likely because he's a part. He's 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 like that other Steinbrenner brother. He's been there absolutely. Since but the problem is, this roster is one hundred percent on him. Oh, absolutely. And I could have told you again. I, I mean, Trevor Keys didn't speak to me for days when I told him this Yankee team wasn't going anywhere. It's not good. It's an old roster with unmovable contracts around the diamond. So there's no knight in 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 white armor coming to save the day here. There there is nothing. I even I even said to Trevor, Justin. I said, look, if Rendon comes out, wins his first six starts, pitches to like a a, a, a buck and a half ERA. Maybe this team gets fired up. Now you got two aces and all things. No. And he's been awful. And as you said, Severino, a disaster. Domingo Herman, since the perfect game and prior to the perfect games, basically been terrible. He's He is the Dominican uh, A.J. Burnett. Mm. He can be unhittable with the stuff he's got. But he's a mental case. He can't get out of his own way. Nestor Cortez is throwing. He should be back in a couple weeks. But let's be honest, it was terrible this year. And outside of last season, is there any reason to think that Nestor Cortez is going to come back and be the guy from last year and not the guy from every other time he's ever pitched anywhere? Yeah. I mean, he's been what? The Yankees cut him once. The O's cut him. Mariners cut. Like he's been cut from three, four other yes. organizations. There was a reason for that, right? Yeah. Found some success last season, and he went right back to what he does. And it's like, oh, Nestor's coming back. So, you know, yeah. if you're the Red Sox, guess who's coming back in a in a in a few days? Chris Sale. Guess Trevor who's going to be back a couple weeks after that? Corey Kluber. You're talking about a different caliber of of reinforcements coming. The Yankees don't have that. Thank God for Garrett Cole, or I really, I don't know. This is probably a team with a losing record if Garrett Cole's not in the spot that he's in. Yeah, I completely agree. He's been all, he, he finally looks like the guy we saw, like you said, where he would just, I'm going out there. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm the man. I kind of feel like the last few years, he's kind of a little bit fragile. I feel it, you know. With the top pine tar stuff and you know the way he pitched in the wildcard game, Boston, yeah, like he's been good. How like uh, you know Clark Schmidt too lately has been very good, but like Boone doesn't want to go six man rotation, and I think Clark's probably the odd man out because he's already pretty much at his innings limit. Which again, I know that's the case, but like you're fighting for a playoff spot here. Like you, you again, utter utter mismanagement. And and it's yeah. interesting, and and I'm just gonna throw this out there. But different rules, as applies to Clark Schmidt, Jabba had his own rules. Philip Hughes, Chance Adams, they were definitely 
coddled in a different way. And then you look at some of the darker-skinned guys, and they don't get the same opportunities. They've messed with Davy Garcia, something fierce, and Louis Gill. Mm. Dellen Batances, right? Another guy from a few years ago. There's they, something about the darker-skinned guys and the Yankees' lack of, I don't know what it is. I'm not saying it's like some racist thing, but I, I have to wonder why those guys get one set of rules and everyone else is pitching by a, a different set of rules. They should have planned this Clark Schmidt thing better. Mm-hmm. Like you, you knew you were going to run out of innings on this guy. You didn't, you didn't think this out at all. Again, this is, this is malpractice on the part of Brian Cashman. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, if you're Hal Steinbrenner and you're watching Aaron Hicks right now and you're paying his salary, hmm. I would be pissed at Brian Cashman right now if I was Hal Steinbrenner. Like, what, what are we doing wrong that these guys leave here and everything is fine? Here they can't do it. They did it before. Not here. They're doing it somewhere else now. Something's going on in, in, in that joint, and it's it's not Yankee baseball. It's not consistently winning. Uh, it doesn't look good when they win. You know, it's it's they look terrible again last night. Yeah. And here's the other thing, Justin, right? I, I, I'll say this. Look, the Yankees, of course, go out and get Shohei Otani if you can do it. And I'll give you Jason Dominguez. Jason Dominguez is not going to be better than Shohei Otani at any point in his career. If he even comes close to that, we'd be thrilled. I'll just take the real deal now. Otani's an outfielder, which the Yankees desperately need a third outfielder. You know, you need a pitcher. He does both of those things extremely well. And to me, that would be worth giving up a lot of stuff. It would. It would. If I'm, I, you know, if he's a hundred, cause I've only, cause, and I don't know if this is still the case, but I know, you know, years, you know, a couple years ago when he signed with the angels, he didn't want to play on the East coast, you know, like that's, I don't know if that's still sure. the case. Listen, I, that's, that's, that happens a lot with the guys from Japan because, you know, not for nothing, but even flying from California to Japan, that's a long flight. Yeah. And then you tack on three more hours to go cross country, but with the time zones, it's six hours. You know what I mean? You're like yeah. on the other side of the planet from from where you live in the offseason, where your family and friends are. So these guys do tend to want to be on the West Coast. That said, you spend a couple of years in Major League Baseball, and it's like, I, I want to do this on the biggest stage in the world. You know, which uh, to me also means the Mets are in play this offseason oh, yeah. with Shohei Otani, clearly, right? I mean, uh, they like to spend dough. So... I'm not, you know, I've heard a lot of people say the Dodgers are probably the front runner for him or whatever have you. They probably want to live out that way. I don't know, man. It's like, I'm going where the green's at, where the opportunity. Like, there's a lot of factors, and geography is certainly one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Taxes are one of them. What state am I going to be living in? What are the tax? What's the tax situation there? And is there a better state I could live in right near there? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. 
you've got options. You've got a lot of things you got to think about. It's not just location. I, I mean, again, because he's Japanese, I do think there would be a preference to live on that side of the continent. But I think if the green is on the other side, you go there. So I don't yeah. think that's going to be a thing. And again, I, I think here's here's two other factors on this, Justin, as far as Otani to the Yankees. And you, you, I don't know if we said this before the show or during the show yet, but so many of these Yankee prospects who have been traded have also failed. Yeah. None of these guys, Rutherford McKinney's back is like a part-time guy. He was supposed to be a big stud, Jack Cave. I mean, there's so many of these guys all around baseball, Andrew Brackens and uh, Rutherford, and there's a million of them. No one's really doing much. Even Jordan Montgomery, everybody was, Jordan Montgomery is back to what he was, and it is nothing special. And so, can the Yankees say, hey, look, we'll give you Pereira, we'll give you Dominguez, we'll give you Wells? Are teams like, I don't know. Your prospects don't ever pan out. I don't <laughs> I don't know if I want them. Or are teams like, oh, my God, I would love to get my hands on the prospects you're going to ruin. These are guys that will develop into major league talent. And then in six years from now, you'll sign them as a free agent for $500 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, I think, like, somebody like Dominguez, where it's like his pro comparisons, like Mike Trout, like, I, I think a team would be like licking their chops, getting the opportunity for the, the Yankees to give him up. I don't know. You, the guy that they got for Joey Gallo last year, uh, Clay, uh, Clayton Beater, he's yeah. been awesome down the strip. Like, that's a guy, too, that I think a lot of teams would be very interested in. I know he's had some arm problems in the past, but so far he's been healthy. Like, Wells, like, and I heard a scout, too, talking about Wells, um, it was last week. He's like, his bat's ready for the major league level. It's He's not ready to probably catch a major league staff. But look at the Mets. They threw up uh, Francisco Alvarez out there last year, and he's been much better defensively. I'm like, at this point, you let him kind of, you know, you know, get some, um, you know, you, you let him get some experience out there and kind of see what you got with him. Justin, here, here's – let me – I want your thoughts on this. This is my last Yankee thought. And you're, I, I agree with the, what you just said there, like a million percent. Esteban Florial, who's no longer on the 40-man roster, so this is this is very hypothetical, but when they got rid of Aaron Hicks, my thought was, here we go. Let's bring this kid up. Let him play every day for a month, month and a half. See what you got. Yeah. Supposed to be a five-tool guy. You know, again, you look around baseball. They have a guy like that. They bring him up. You know, Clayton Beater, he's he's got the ability to at the major league level or Wells has a bat. Put him in the major leagues then. You, you'd rather run Jack Bowers out there and Frenchie Cordero, and it's like, my God, you've got a guy you've been developing for years. At the very least, this kid comes up, rips 350 for a month. You got an asset. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you because Florida last I checked at 23 home runs, I believe, over 50 RBIs. And yeah, because I agree because he hasn't gotten a shot. It's like, wh- you know, what do you expect a guy like Florio to do when he's only getting at bats what, once or twice a week? Like, you can't expect him to come in and go four for four every night. Yeah. That's just unlike- you know. he comes up. He mostly sits on the bench. He gets yeah. like five at bats. He goes like one for five or oh for five. And people are like, ah, he doesn't produce. And it's like, <laughs> 
doesn't produce. He didn't play. No. He didn't play no. at all. You got to put a guy in the lineup. It's just, yeah. again, look around baseball. Everybody does it. When, when the Nationals brought up Juan Soto at 19 years old, did they know what he was going to be? There was no way to know if this 19-year-old kid was really ready for the bigs until he got there and he proved he was. And so you can keep guys down to the farm. They've like got to get a strikeout right down, his walk right up, his bop, 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 you know, you can go. Just put the goddamn guy in the game and get him some coaching in real time, but you got to play him. You got to play him. You, if they're not playing, you're wasting them. Clint Frazier. Can't can't get by without mentioning how they ruined Clint Frazier and his career. Amazing. Yeah, it is. They just yeah for whatever reason it's just they're gun shy with it. I don't I don't know why they rather bring in other guys that have been journeymen and hey you know we're gonna plug you in. I don't. It's another thing. I just don't get it. You know, like that's what they did with left field this year. They went in there without a left fielder this year. And like eh, you know we'll just plug and play whoever's out there and. Hey, you know, if they figured we'd have enough at bats where it doesn't, it's not going to be a negative for us. Justin, I can only assume that Isaiah Groves here is trolling. Yankees bought 28 championship money. There ain't showing the real Yankee organization. Yankees have never bought a championship. That's a ridiculously silly thing to say. It, it, it never happened. The Yankees didn't have the highest payroll until you got into the early 2000s. It's such a, Mets fan thing to say it's sad yeah 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 you know like again I'm like what you couldn't sign any free you know like free agency wasn't a thing to the 70s you know like they got babe on the trade they they you know they drafted well in the older days you know yeah and then 09 they had a nice core and you know they they added in with to Sharon and uh CC and uh AJ Burnett they had those three and yeah like you know the core four were a big part of those what that dynasty in the late 90s early 2000s so yeah you know that again back then they were they had a good job developing their guys and they kind of brought in the right mixture and yeah you know the kansas city royals had the highest payroll during the 80s then it was the toronto blue jays and into the 90s and late 90s it was the baltimore orioles who bought will clark and albert bell and jimmy key and anybody they can get their hands on that was trying to buying championships doesn't actually work. No. You can have a good team and you could be doing well and you can add a piece or two. But if you're if you're look, do you remember what was it, like three or four years ago? The Padres went out and and put together like a whole new starting nine. And by the all-star break, they were trading guys all over the league. And it's like you can't buy nine starters. And think that you're going to have a good baseball team. I don't care who those nine guys are. Mm -hmm. If those guys are not good teammates to each other, if they don't like each other, if their talents don't complement each other, if everybody's a power guy, nobody's got speed, that's not a good baseball team. And so the idea that you're just going to buy your way to a championship, I, I think that's an impossibility. Mm-hmm. I think understanding economics is important because you do have to know where to spend and where not to spend. And when your team's payroll is like $350 million and like 120% over the, the whatever you want to call it, you probably shouldn't even talk up anything about anybody buying anything. Yeah. That's almost embarrassing because, again, <laughs> I think the Mets are proof of 
what a colossal failure it is when you just think that you're going to throw a ton of money at something, yeah. right? I mean, how many times is Francisco Lindor going to flip off everybody in Queens before <laughs> you guys realize he hates you and he doesn't yeah. like playing for the Mets? That's why he's been so bad for so long. Yeah, he's right? not the same player. Yeah, every he couple of weeks, player. Justin. Every couple of weeks, this guy like tells New York off, and and <laughs> I mean, it's so weird. It's like your shortstop hates your guts. Yeah. It's not going well. No, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, but the Mets. Yeah, the Mets. What Cohen said, you know, we bought it three to five years and have a championship. Let's go out, get Max Scherzer at 41 and Justin Verlander. And yeah, Verlander's been good, good of late. Yeah, Lindor, the trade. Look, they signed Cano, Starling Marte. Like, they, they trade, you know, they, they signed, like, what, Pete Alonzo, Nimmo, and, like, McNeil, maybe, the, and Alvarez. So, I guess, like, how, you know. Yeah, it's the funny. Guys the guys, are, listen, the guys that they brought up through their minor league system have been their best players. Yeah. And most of the guys that they've brought in from the outside have been subpar. <laughs> mm. And that's been, or I, I, I'm not even fair to say subpar. Listen, Francisco Lindor, before he got to the Mets, was an absolute superstar stud. Yeah. Still a good player, mm -hmm. but it that's not the same guy. No. You know, Scherzer at 41 is not Scherzer at 38. Not Scherzer at 32, that's for sure. You know, mm -hmm. you let Jacob DeGrom go because of the arm problems, and then you went out and got those two guys. Yeah. It's a, Again, yeah. when you put together a roster based on names and what you think a guy's going to be able to do, you do have to look at, you know, listen, Mike Trout is another one. It's been six seasons since he played 140 games in a season. Can we stop with this? I mean, th I guess thank God for Shohei Otani because Mike Trout's not the best player in baseball. He's the most skilled player in baseball, the best all-around talent. But to say he's the best is dishonest. Yeah. Because if, listen, if, if, if it applies to guys like Aaron Judge, look, maybe if he play if he wasn't hurt all the time, be the best player in baseball. Well, Mike Trout's hurt all the time. So how mm. is that, that he's the best? No, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. sense. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And you know, we, and you know, true. look, I know we're going to transition shortly uh, to, to football. We're going to talk about some quarterbacks and stuff like that. Again, it's, you know, you're trying to value what you think a guy's going to produce for you in the next four years and what that, what that monetary value is like, Right. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the Broncos win in the last season feeling real good about it. We're a quarterback away. Well, yeah. maybe that's not the quarterback then. No. Um, it's hard to put teams together, and it's hard when you sign guys through free agency that it's going to be the right fit, that you're going to get the production, that their health is all going to be there. Because generally, there's also a reason why a team doesn't keep somebody around. Mm-hmm. Especially New York. Maybe. Right. I mean, again, New York yeah. let DeGrom leave and then went out and signed two guys who are old and have had a history of shoulder problems. Yeah. Smart. Mm hmm. Yeah. I know right now, it, you know, yeah, but the way Serge has been pitching, gave up four home runs on uh, Saturday against Boston, you know, and I'm like, you go back, even that year uh, with the Dodgers, dead arm. Last year at the end of the year, he really strode down the stretch, and I think he even missed a started too if i can remember correctly you know and he did not pitch well in that uh wild card series against the padres so yeah 
Yeah, you got one more year of them too. <laughs> so good luck good treating. Luck. Yeah, good luck. There you go. Again, if you put together a bad roster and you take on, I mean, what does he make? 41 million? 43, I believe. 43. I believe it is. I mean, who who would even, dude, even if you were like, listen, I'll take half that contract, I'll pay it down. I'd be like, no, that's still way too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the way the things have ended the last couple of years for him. Like, I, I, I can't rely on him to be on, you know, to be. Max Scherzer, October. Yeah, he, that that Max Scherzer ten years ago is not walking through that door in October. You know, I, I think it's a very slim chance. So, yeah, but the Mets it has not worked out, and it's it's been a rough year again. Hey, they can maybe at least win the Subway Series tonight. They they will. Uh, they'll meet again tonight, and the Yankees need a big start for Carlos Rondon. He has not been good. The control issues last against the Angels was bad, and again the uh, reception he gave the fans out in LA with the with the kissing. It, Again, if things go bad tonight, I, I could see him getting booed off the mound. <laughs> yeah, reaction from last week. So yeah, listen, you know his job is no matter what he does tonight, is to walk off the the pitcher's mound with his head held high and not be a little bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know why they're booing you because you're terrible at your job. That's kind of how <laughs> this goes. You knew that when you signed with the Yankees. So. Mm-hmm. Get, let's get it on, man. Look, I, he's a guy who knows how to pitch. Coming off a long layoff. It's not like he's not going to have good starts. So there's no reason to think tonight can't be one. But again, yeah. I, 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 if you're a Yankee fan, I would temper expectations. If you're getting excited about that second wild card spot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you look at the road ahead coming up for the Yankees at Baltimore. That place will be rocking this week. That'll be a fun atmosphere. I know Steve's going to the game Friday night, I believe. So, um, fun, you know, that'll be a tough one. Then you got the Rays coming in for three, which absolutely own you the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the only other team that owns you more than the Rays do, Houston Ashes coming for four. So, great. You better win tonight. Yeah. <laughs> listen, win. here's if they came out of the All Star break with a, with a pretty pie schedule and they didn't do anything with it. Yeah, and so yeah. now they're in the situation as you just said, where two teams that are much better than they are this year, and a team that has dominated them since 2017, mm-hmm. uh, you have to go out there and and win what seven out of eight if you want to if you want to do anything mm-hmm. here. Look, it's in front of them. The teams mm-hmm. in front of them, they got a chance. But if you get swept or you go one and two in those series, pack it up, pack it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm going in a couple weeks when they play the Astros. So I'm, you know, hoping that he can make it that competitive and there's still someone in it. They haven't lost like six straight at this point. But yeah, like yeah. I'm not going in there with optimism. That, Bro, I went yeah, the, the other day, game. I saw Stanton hit two bombs. Donaldson hit a home run. The pitching was good. Everything about it was good. But you know what I noticed with the fans? When there was two strikes on the on the batters, nobody's cheering. No, nobody's clapping. Nobody's excited. They're they're not into it. And it's hard to be because this team is not great. And the real the biggest personality on this team, Aaron Judge, is gone. And everybody else is just sort of there. No personality with this team. No, there's not. There's not. Because even John Donaldson at a point, you know, did in the past, but not really since he got the Yankees. You, 
that one incident, I think it was in Toronto last year. I think he got beamed and he got kind of there. I think there was a little kind of got in the face of the pitcher, maybe a little bit, but like other than that, no, like this team is just, I, you know, like you look around the league at some of these, like at Dela Cruz, you know, Gunner, you know, Adley, there's some like really young, exciting players and some mm-hmm. teams that are just so exciting to watch. And it's like the Yankees are just the complete opposite of that. It's, it's boring, you know, it's boring to watch them. There's no energy, there's no excitement. It's just, yeah, Justin, I find myself nightly looking up Cincinnati Reds highlights because yeah. it's fun. They're energetic. They've got great athletes. You know, they got uh, that kid stole like second, oh, yeah. third, and home. Yeah. Uh, come on. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and it's a young player. And yep. it's and it's and it's exciting. It's exciting for for people in Cincinnati. You got a, a young rookie superstar on the horizon. That's just what a team like Cincinnati needs. It gives you some personality too. It helps mm. you connect with the fans and give them something to be excited about. And we don't yeah. have that anymore. Sad. No, no, no it's not. You know, it, it's yeah. It's been a while. You know, like. You know, just isn't the athlete that those guys are. You know, you know I, I know like Dominguez are hoping is going to be that young star, but we talked about it. Like it's the risk, you, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure when he comes up. You know, it's going to be the Mike Trout comparison. This man's the Martian, you know, like it ain't going to be easy for him, you know, and he's going to be what, 21, 22. So it's going to be tough and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And then hopefully the Yankees could kind of figure out a way out of this. By the way, Anthony Volpe. They let Anthony Volpe go out there and struggle for two months. He yeah, hit a yeah. buck 80 or buck 90 or whatever it was. My goodness, in the last like six weeks, kids hitting like 350. You know, yeah. he's starting to figure it out. He, he brings great energy with the speed and the stolen bases. And, you know, defense is, is for the most part been up to par. But again, and this, 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 this is one of those things, Justin, where it's like this kid's going to be the next Derek Jeter. I don't even know what that means. What, what, how could you, how do you define what the next Derek Jeter is? They're about a hall of famer, you know, who won four championships in his, like, what, what do you mean be the next Derek Jeter? The leadership, the, the, you know, the throw, what, 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 what do you, what unlivable standard have you created for Anthony Volpe? It's like you, you got to be the next Derek Jeter because Didi Gregorius, Didi hit twenty-seven home runs his first year on the Yankees, and people were like, "He's no Jeter." It's like, well, no, yeah. he's got power. Yeah, yeah. What are you looking for at shortstop? Or if you're looking for another Derek Jeter, you'll probably mm-hmm. never find one. If you're looking for a defensive shortstop or an offensive shortstop or an all-around shortstop. But to suggest that you're looking for the next Derek Jeter, again, it's that idea that when a role this Chapman became the closer, he's our new Mariano. No. Are you talking about, you know, nobody's the new Mariano Rivera. Stop that nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, like Wolpe, you know, he's been fun to watch. And yeah, he's been hitting the ball much better. And I think that was kind of the final straw for uh, Lawson as the uh, hitting coach after Austin Wells' former Somerset teammate. They, uh, Watched some video from last year, and they figured out, hey, you know, your your swing, uh, or your stance is uh, got to be a little bit more open, and that's kind of fixed it. And the one thing that, it, um, you know, that's that's point I'm making, you know, it's on Volpe is, 
you know, again, the, the, the average is going up and all that. Why is he, why is it always like an uppercut swing? Why, like, I don't understand the new way of it. Like, why don't you just have him just hit doubles? Like just, yeah, square up and you hit know, the ball. Into speed. It's just yeah. so, so stupid. That, that, that's, that's the thing. And you know, that, that, you know, and um, that will transition over to the, another team in the American league East, the rival Boston Red Sox who have been very up and down, but again, took one last thing from the Braves. They won three straight here. They're going back out West um, starting Friday in San Fran and, They'll go out to Seattle um, on that trip as well here. So, um, you know, for Boston right now, you know, I've given Heim Bloom some, um, you know, I've been tough on him, but he's got a really good young core. Jaden Duran, uh, Tristan Cass, is a, I think he's written his points by like 70, you know, 70 points. His average has gone up in like the last six or seven weeks. Uh, Brian Balo looks like he, he could be somebody in the front end of rotation. Like, look. They've developed some really young talent. Alex Cord does a phenomenal job. He gets the best out of those guys. And, you know, my, uh, Yoshida, too. That was a guy everybody was laughing about with that contract. Yep. He's been awesome. Yeah, he just they, they, that, they, he knew. That wall. they knew what they were doing. They they yeah. always do. And they always put the – look, I think the Red Sox, the, the only guy that's screaming to me that should be traded, well, maybe two guys, is James Paxton. He's pitching well. He's 6-2, and two, like a 2.5 ERA. He's a free agent after this season. Uh, you got, you know, he didn't pitch at all last year. You got, you know what I'm saying? Like this, the yeah. deal hasn't been great for Boston. If you could move him and get something. And again, knowing Sale and Kluber are imminently coming back, you could move from, from a position of strength. Paxson's not going to be the difference maker down the stretch. And the other guy I think has got great value for this team would be Kelsey Jansen. And I think that they, mm. again, there's not a lot of guys in that bullpen that are saving games, but I would move him. I, I think I think the Red Sox without those two guys, I don't think it's I think it's as good a team. Again, as I mentioned, you do have two studs coming back to your rotation, which will also give you more flexibility in the bullpen anyway. So other than that, you know, I know they moved Kiki Hernandez back to the Dodgers. Great. Everybody he wasn't producing. Maybe he'll go back and he loved being in LA. Maybe that'll all work out, but I don't think the Red Sox should blow it up. I mean, the, if anything, I think the Red Sox just out of spite should continue to push the Yankees. Um, because again, you know, look, there's, there's the two wild card spots and there's three teams in the East that are better than you. That's already a problem. Uh, but I think I hey, look, if you're a Red Sox fan, I know it's, it's frustrating and you've been at the bottom of the pack for most of the season, but I think you got to like what you see. You mentioned bellow uh, cutter Crawford's another one, yeah, Carter, yeah. bring the guys up and they produce and uh, these guys, you know, um, bellow's been outstanding, especially of late. Um, I think cutter Crawford, you know, the numbers aren't quite there, but, I don't I, I, like the expectation wasn't high there. I think you're developing a back end guy for years to come, you know? Uh, so again, you know, there wasn't much expected from this team and they're playing really good baseball. I don't know that I would, you know, look, this is a team you could run back next year because they're only going to get better and they're, you're, you're going to get healthy and you're going to have a guy like Chris sale back. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. 
I think the Red Sox are exactly where they need to be and exactly where they should be right now. And I think I, a lot of my Red Sox fan friends are upset. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't like any of this. This is the reality of the economics of baseball, though. You got to retool. You got to stay under that threshold. Sometimes that means moving on from guys that you've developed that the worst because the Red Sox, you know, you look around the league and there's some superstars in baseball who the Red Sox couldn't afford. And that speaks to the economics of the game. I mean, it's, it's as important as the wins and the losses. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, I know. Yeah. I know they wanted Dever. I mean, they wanted Betts back and they wanted Bogarts back, but you look at that Bogarts contract that 11 years, 280, like, you know, like they made, they probably made the right move. You know, he hasn't been producing great. Yeah. I know like yeah. Red Sox fans, it, I know they want more and they expect more. Like they don't like Bloom because he hasn't spent a ton, but he's starting to kind of build a young, really nice core. I know he's trying to, he wants to model like the Dodgers do where they do spend, but like they have a very good farm system and, you know, but like, it's not like people are patient like they are out West, you know, Boston, New York, Philly, like it's an intense fan, intense fan bases and they expect winning you know what? now. You you pointed this out before 2009, the Yankees went out and they had some, some good signings. They, they spent, I think about a half a billion dollars in free agency that year, but it wasn't, it wasn't like they just threw, you know, money at the wall. They had very specific targets from very specific needs. And you were able to fill those needs with good clubhouse guys who also were great baseball players. Mark Teixeira fit in perfectly with that team. They needed a Brian McCann, right? Like some of those moves just, they, they made a lot of sense for the Yankees. And I, and I, I, I'll tell you just throwing money at the problem every year. If your roster sucks this year, you just throw more money at it. Now it's a more expensive, bad roster, the Red Sox. And you'll notice this. And, and, and I've made fun of Red Sox fans for this, but it's part of the, the madness. They win a World Series, and then they miss the playoffs, and then they finish in last place, and then they like retool. It's like it's like a cycle that the Red Sox go through, where it's like now we're going to get rid of a bunch of guys, but don't worry, we're going to win a World Series in like two years. You'll see. Mm-hmm. And it's been a pretty good formula since two thousand four, you know. Uh, and and unfortunately, they're in the low end of the cycle right now, but. Uh, yeah, I think this boy, this whole division is so good. Again, let's talk about Toronto for a minute and let's, let's look at, at, at Guerrero and Bichette, you know, you look at all the young guys on that team that, that they've been able to plug in. They've been able to, to bring in better players by trading some of the young guys, uh, who they brought up, who were producing, uh, like, uh, Tescosa or Hernandez moved him up, you know, again, you're constantly bringing guys up. They're producing They're and, and now you have trade assets. And so now you want to go out there and get a left-handed pitcher. Now you can do that. Now you're able to spend on free agency where you really need it. And, and you're able to tool your roster by again, moving young players for uh slightly more established veteran players who you definitely know are going to produce year in and year out. And it's been brilliant the way Toronto's built. And we've talked about 
the Rays and how great they do it. First class all around. And Baltimore developing all these young guys in the minor leagues and then slowly bringing them all up. And boy, you got to have a model. And I think that's the other problem, Justin. You know, the Red Sox have a model. They know what they're doing. They spend smart. These other teams all have a strategy. There's only one team in the American League East that seemingly doesn't. Um, you know, and by the way, I, I mean, because I see I see uh, our, our, our buddy Frank commenting a lot, and I know he likes the Marlins. The Marlins are the anti-Rays. Yeah. Low payroll, a lot of young players, terrible job of developing most of those guys. Um, typically the second somebody succeeds in Miami now, it's just, they're just going to trade them for three minor league prospects. So it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. And the Mets are lucky to be in a division like that, where the Philadelphia Phillies take the Yankees approach of throw more money at it. You know, we need another superstar in that outfield. And it's like, no, you don't. You need a guy that gets on base for crying out loud. What are you doing? The Braves have done it right. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, we've seen it. And and look, not for nothing, but you can go back to the 90s. The Braves have done a really good job of developing and bringing. I mean, it's been mm. it's been impressive. Yeah, I'll tell you that. But there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And the teams that are doing it right. It, it's it's it, I think when you factor in the analytics and stuff, so you're bringing in the right players, you have the analytics to back it up. Now you got something. Having a team that doesn't hit and run, that doesn't sacrifice, that doesn't steal bases, and using analytics to factor in so much of what you're doing when you don't have those sexy analytical players doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like we're we're gonna hit a lot of home runs. Well, great, then then make that your whole identity. But but stop stop pretending you've got something else, and don't get to the postseason and pretend you're gonna do something else because you're not. It's not the team that you are. These other teams are all sticking to their guns. Again, I know Red Sox fans not loving the way this season is going. I'm so impressed by. I'm more impressed yeah. by the Red Sox now than I have been probably since the early 2000s. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I thought this is a year 75, 80 wins was the max, but there's seven over 500 right now. And you could see this team getting better. Like, I know they've had their moments, but, like, I think that's what happens to a team that's mediocre. Like, you know, you get really good weeks, but then you get really bad weeks. But, again, we've talked about Baylo. We've talked about uh, Cassis, Duran. Like, you're seeing all those guys get better. Every every game you're seeing those guys get better. And, and I think that's, and not for nothing, but Verdugo – Reduce, Who, yeah. I thought after last year, it was like, boy, that was just not a good deal. And and now he's having he's having a, a better year. And I think he's I don't know if he's going to become what they thought he was going to become. But, you know, if he's if he's a serviceable member of this roster for another four or five years, it'll lessen the sting of. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Verdugo's going too because I thought, you know, I thought, you know, he was pretty close i thought to being um an all-star this year you know with his numbers he put up in the first half so yeah he's been good too like you know that and that's and again you know we talk alex cora he's such a great manager he gets the best out of you again i don't i don't know for a fact but i i again when i think things go bad i think he's not afraid to get in those players face and i think he i think there's probably some respect and you know he can get the best out of them and 
Again, the bullpen hasn't been as bad as we all thought it was going to be this year. You know, Jansen's been good. They just got Schreiber back yesterday. I know he struggled in his first inning back, but he was a nice pickup, um, you know, last year coming over. I forget from where. I think maybe in Detroit. But, um, you know, I, I you know, like this Red Sox team has been in that offense. There's not many holes in that offense. And, again, even if that pitching staff struggles at times, their offense can pick them up. And I don't think they're going to make a wild card, but I think they'll be down. I'll be think they'll be in that race till the last week or so. By the way, did you see last night's eight three five triple play? Oh, I can see that. That <laughs> was, running. yeah. Oh boy, in eight three five, the last time uh, the Red Sox turned one of those was in eighteen eighty four. Wow, against the <laughs> Providence Grays. Yeah. 18. So. And they win the game, though. I mean, it's still yeah. able to overcome, you know, some bad base running. And and I'll tell you what, the Yankees, they'll overcome that. Just fundamentally speaking, no. not not even close to what the Red Sox have been doing. And that yeah. again, you look at all the other teams in their division. That fundamental the, yeah. baseball is so important. Play good defense. Don't give the team extra outs. You're gonna you're gonna pay for that every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had again, yeah, you look at the division. None of those teams are going anywhere anytime soon. None of them. You know, mm-hmm. with some of those young core that they got, yeah, it's just yeah, that division, that's gonna be tough for that. That's probably gonna be the best division baseball over the next four or five years, you know, until oh yeah. We'll see when the O's have to pay all those guys that they'll pony up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that, you know, they're in the Red Sox have been good against them. I you know, but the only team they struggled with so far is the Rays. They're six against Toronto, they're five against the Yankees. Um I think the O's they've had, you know, I think they're three and three against the O's. But like, yeah, like they the Red Sox take care of business of the division. They struggled elsewhere outside of the division. But yeah, like they they take you know, they done a lot better than the Yankees have within the division. Yeah, again, if you're a Red Sox fan, I think you should be like, wow, this is this has been quite a quite a year. Unexpected yeah. and pleasant. Yeah. And who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's not like the Reds. I mean, they're they're within three and a half of the wild card. Why mm. not? No, they still got the Astros coming up. Uh, they play both times in August. They got Toronto coming up. They got the Yankees coming up in uh, August as well. They got Toronto's uh, next week. So they got some teams in front of them that yeah, they knock off. They're right there. And again, you know, Bloom, you never know because last year he sold pieces, but kind of. Tried to get some as well, like you yeah, know. that was weird. It was yeah. uh, we're selling off, but also we're gonna try to make our team better. Uh, yeah, he's kind of giving those same vibes this year. Kind of, it's not like you know we don't know yet. You know, we're kind of under so we'll see what they do in the next week or so. But um, going over to kind of some trade deadlining stuff as it is five days away. Um, we talked briefly about the big one. You know, we already kind of talked to Tani a little bit, but Yankee purpose wise. So Joe, do you do you think uh, the Angels do trade? Chohei, or do you think, you know, they to hang on to him and, you know. All right, so the question on. is, should they? And the answer is, of course they should. But if you're asking me, will they? I still think Artie Moreno would rather not. So uh, I think at this point, I think there's a better than not chance that the Angels will keep him. That said, I think if somebody were to make them a beautiful offer, I think you can get it done. I think you'd have to blow them away. And again, if you're a team that's rich in prospects, throw them out there. Who cares? I mean, 
this gives you the inside track on Shohei Otani. Yeah. Two extra that, months of negotiating with him. You know, that's what you want. You want to make him feel real comfortable. You want to show him what the organization is all about. You know what I mean? Maybe, yep. maybe you go off and win a World Series with the guy this year. Yep. That could certainly help you get him back next year. So the Angels should. They're they're I mean, they're not a great franchise. Artie Moreno's not a good owner. And he's trying to sell the team and he's afraid of trading Otani and that hurting the sale of the team. And it's like, but you're gonna get such a haul back that the next owner and his team is going to be thrilled to get all that. I threw this out there. I'm saying Dominguez, Pereira, Wells, Beater, Thorpe, Severino, Glaber Torres, because they do want major league talent back for him, and it feels a hitting role and a pitching role for that team. I give you all that for Shohei Otani. Yeah. If I know he's coming back, I probably pull the trigger. Yeah. I like listen, you you will you will talk to his agent before you pull the, the plug on this trade and you'll say, look, if we get this guy, I mean, is he definitely not gonna want to stay in New York? Or gotta be honest with me. If he's open, to, yeah, he'll live anywhere. Do it. Just yeah. do it. Okay? Yeah. And here's the thing. Look, you know, I've heard Yankee fans like, he's not going to help. Well, okay, he's not going to help this year. Or maybe he will. Well, remains to be seen. This is a guy who, again, I realize it's a huge investment, but you're probably going to, you, you'd be looking to pony up in the offseason anyway. Hmm. And and I know people are, especially Brian Cashman with those, they want to hoard all those prospects. And it's like, none of them ever pan out. Yeah. This guy's one of the greatest players we've ever seen, they say. How do you not make that move? I, I just, I don't get it. And by the way, I always like to just take a cheap shot at the Padres, but I predicted the Padres were going to have a disastrous season this year. It's a good call. And I, I, you know why I said that? It's not because their pitching is outstanding and their bullpen is very good, but they have no less than six guys who are playing out of position on a nightly basis in San Diego. Yeah. You can't have four shortstops and six right fielders and think that's a baseball team because it's not. <laughs> And that's kind of what they did. And I, and I go back to, you know, famously some years ago before Harper went to Philly, he wanted to play for the Yankees, that he would learn to play first base. And Brian Cashman said, I'm not going to pay a guy to play a position he doesn't know how to play. People were like, well, it's first, how are... Moving a guy from right field to left field is very hard, and not every major league outfielder can play right and left field. Mm -hmm. That's why most guys are either a right fielder or a left fielder, and I know it seems stupid, and like you can't... or. Oh, yeah, you can't slide that shortstop over to second. This guy's been fielding grounders going to his right his whole entire life. And now you're like, hey, you know everything you learned about going to the right? It's all going to go left now. Mm. Your natural instinct that you've harnessed over the last 15 years, just forget all that and go the other way. It is not as easy as the Ben Zobrists and the uh, Isaiah Kiner Falefas of the world make it look. 
There are guys out there that have an ability. They're they're very good defensive players that could probably play anywhere. Most guys can't. Most guys can't. And when you play guys out of position, their bats tend to suffer. I think that's another part of the DJ LeMahieu problem alleviated by trading Glaber Torres in this deal because I want I want mm-hmm. LeMahieu to be the Gold Glove winning second baseman he's been, and get, get Glaber Torres. I uh, to be honest, if they could move him to the National League, that would probably be the best thing. Yes. Um, you know, uh, him in a DH role, and there are teams that haven't fully transitioned. I think it would. He could do well there. He could play second base sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, where you want to throw him at short or whatever. Um, that's a guy probably destined for the outfield because he's a terrible second baseman. And yeah. you saw how bad he was at shortstop the year yeah. before that. And people are like, he'll be better back at second. It's like, no, he was terrible at second mm-hmm. before he was terrible at short. And he's still terrible at both. A guy without a position who's not like a David Ortiz, that's a problem. It's like you're 26 and you're a defensive liability, but you can hit. You're DH. Yeah. Do what you are. Yeah. And the Yankees already have too many DHs. Too many DHs. That's the problem. There's too many. The Yankees already have. And that's why, again, I say you'll still find teams in the National League, Justin, who don't have that ninth bat in their lineup. They they don't have a DH that's whoever off the bench, and it's like, that's not what a designated hitter is. A designated yeah. hitter is supposed to be a guy that can hit bombs and, and get on base and do some things. He would be good for some of those teams that really are lacking that other bat. So I do, mm-hmm. again, trade Otani, yes. Will they do it? If they win a few games this week, they probably won't. And and I got to tell you, it is beyond idiotic to not move this guy when, again, you could get back a package that could set your team up for a decade of success. And crazily enough, Justin, if you're so bold, you could go right back out and re-sign that guy a la the Yankees in a role this Chapman where they mm-hmm. got Glaber Torres in that deal and then walked away the next year with both of those guys. And then a couple years later, they went and got the first baseman from the Cubs, too, and broke everybody's heart in Chicago. Justin, I was in Chicago last year. And I watched the Yankees. I, I didn't watch the Yankees. I watched the Cubs and the Dodgers play. But the thing that struck me was I saw about 35,000 number 44 jerseys. Still. And I thought to myself, yeah, still, that's, that's their favorite player. And it's like, oh, bleh. It's the worst thing ever when your team trades like the most popular player on your in your franchise. It's it's a terrible thing. The Cubs knew it was time. It's time to reload. And they're going to move Cody Ballinger mm. this week because they know when it's time to I'm like we're not going anywhere and get something for this guy. That's what yeah. smart teams do. The Red Sox know when it's time to re-sign a guy, when it's time to move on from a guy, when it's time to give a guy a shot, bring a kid up. The Angels probably won't do it. No. And, and I'm and, glad he- and if they don't get a haul back, then they definitely shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm actually taking the other side. I think the Angels, I think from a business standpoint with Armirino, 
you have, I think it's counted 27 home games left. So again, without Trout either, it's a business, it's a business decision too of, and I heard this two couple weeks ago, every, they cannot keep up with like the, um, their, or their team store. They cannot keep up with the tiny jerseys. They're selling out pretty much every home game. still. like, I still think you can make a lot of money with guy on your team. Again, I, I think to the last minute, you try to say everything you can to get him to resign next season of just, Hey, come back. You know, again, they have some young, I know they got a lot of young pitching prospects that they've kind of brought up and I know they got some of the minors and, you know, hopefully for their sake, they could kind of produce and, and develop into decent guys. Cause you know, that that's what the A's have been lacking, you know, and Trout's been, you know, hurt a lot lately, you know, the last couple of years, of course, they got some young talent. Like I try to tell a tiny, look, I will do whatever it takes for you to come out. If you want me to go get another superstar this offseason, I'll go get that another superstar. I will do whatever it takes to keep you around. Because, I, again, I think from a business decision, and for Moreno, too, to, ha- to to sell this team and keeping Otani with it, I know it might cost more for that next owner. But, again, you could have Trout and Otani on that team next year. I just feel like, again, yeah, maybe it's a possibility he'll resign if you trade him. But I just keep him around. You're three and a half out. I know Trout's been starting to do uh, some running. You maybe get him back in the next couple weeks. Again, you know, they got tiebreak over the Yankees. I think they, you know, I think, you know, um, they, you know, they're only three and a half back. I think uh, the Angels, I think you give it a shot and see if you can make one more run and just try and entice in the next, you know, use that next or two months that you got with them to negotiate with them. And I'm giving you a major league ready pitcher. I'm giving you an everyday major league baseball player and i'm giving you seven of my top prospects the pro you know we talked about it i don't always these prospects fair are enough so hit or miss. but but that's also why i'm giving you a major ready. league ready pitcher a major league ready hitter guys are already playing and producing i'm giving you seven prospects you one of them's got a hit Maybe two of them hit. Again, it's the the possibility the Angels are looking at is that this this money machine just signs away when the season's over. Yeah. And you'll have had nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that that should be... I'll put it to you like this. Artie Moreno's thinking about dollars. The general manager there is thinking about this guy walking away and you get nothing you lose this insane talent two-way player and you get nothing yeah yeah i i, I that's that's the tough thing about it you know it, it, it definitely is because yeah i know the gm's got to be thinking future wise but i feel like a lot of these time you know the mlb ready players you know glaber would be nice but he's a free like for the angels like or Glaber's got one year left where he hits free agency, I believe. Sevy's going to be a free agent at the end of this season. So, like, you know, you could resign him, you know, of course. But I just – I sometimes with these franchises, it just doesn't work out when you trade – I'm like, look at the Tigers are still hurting for not, you know, for not getting the right prospects when they traded Verlander away. You know, like, some of these – it just – you know, it seems like a lot of these times it just doesn't pan out for – the team's Here's dealing with big stars. Too. Look, in regards to Severino, he's coming off a four-year, $40 million contract, right? 
Mm-hmm. Is he going to get more than $10 million a year based off what have he what he's done in the last year or with this contract? No. So you're now you're going to have the inside track on probably signing someone of that caliber for eight or nine million a year. Mm-hmm. That yeah, has shown you he can be at the top of that rotation. You know, can mm-hmm. he come back? We'll see, but he has he has shown you in the past that he could be that guy for you, the middle rotation. You know, and again, what that 18, he sort of what 12 or 14 to 2 for the all-star break, like a two ERA, like yeah. It we know could, what he you know, can do. Yeah, we know what he's got. Again, you gotta could are the angels looking at the scouting reports like, oh yeah, no, we could totally we could totally get the most out of this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's what you got to hope for. You got to hope that there's, you know, you got to hope the other team finds your guy super appealing. I look, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. And I definitely, I don't think the Yankees are going to end up getting Shohei Otani. No. I think, I think somebody else definitely has, I think the Texas Rangers. Yeah. It's a goal. Yeah. Seems to me like that would be the team or the Dodgers. Of course. Dodgers. Yeah. Although I've heard Moreno's not interested in helping the Dodgers out in LA anymore than just by having a crappy team across the way, you know? So yeah, yeah. that, that obviously factors in. I, so there's, there's quite a few obvious trades that are interdivision and it's like, well, they're not going to happen. Right. Nobody's looking to make their opponents, their, their main rivals, um, a better team. I'd like to see the Cardinals do some selling off. They yeah. got a lot of great pieces. They that what what St. Louis ends up doing, and, and how how big their fire sells could have a huge impact on baseball because they do. There's a lot of names there in St. Louis that I hear could be on the move, including Nolan Arenado. Uh, and that we'll would you know that, and that's a great kind of transition. Well, I'm kind of a baseball talk here of like you know what 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 you know a team in AL and NL you know. A trader two away, you know what? You know who could kind of be contender to, you know, I know nationally it's tougher because the Braves kind of look like a runaway, but you know, like in the American League, you know, do you have a team in the AL and NL that move or two away that could kind of, uh, you know, be World Series contender? Yeah, look, I think Milwaukee is one of those teams. I think Milwaukee should seriously consider getting a a bat and a glove and a bullpen piece. You know. I that's that's a team that strikes me as they should make a move. I'd love to see Baltimore. Baltimore should do something. Yeah. Got all that minor league depth. You're finally you got your fans, you know, all excited. Go for it. Go for it. So those mm-hmm. are the two teams I want to see do something. But but to me, I think the Rangers, that's a team that I think could make a big, big splash. And if it's Otani, forget about it. I think then that makes the Rangers even more so than the Braves. I think that maybe pushes yeah. them a little bit ahead in, in the uh, in the Vegas odds. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I could totally see that happening. You know, I actually have the same two as you. I the O's, yeah, because pitching. Right. You know, Tyler Wells. I don't trust him. I know he's been good this year, but I don't trust him in a game one. I, I, right. I really don't. Again, I think if you're them, I think go get try to get a Marcus Stroman, a Blake Snell. You know, even like a Gita Lito or, you know, somebody like that, you know. Someone that you won't be embarrassed to say is your number one guy when the other number one guy is somebody we all know very well. And that's what you're going to be facing in your first round matchup. So, yeah, I know you're 100% right there. Yeah, I'd love to see that. 
And I think the and, White Sox are primed to to move so. Lucas. It's so a, yeah, yeah. Him cease. Uh, sounds like maybe. Sounds like the Raid may be close with Lance Lynn. I heard. I know Lance Lynn right now is still the projected starter night Chicago. So he hasn't been scratched yet, but I was reading this morning. Uh, sounds like Lynn could be close to moving. Um, so yeah, the White Sox, Dominoes, another embarrassing kind of year for the White Sox. A young core hasn't come together, and then yeah, clearly the Brewers. You know, I, I couple back. I thought like. I know we talked about the inner division, but Cody Belger would fit beautifully as a center fielder there. Yeah. You know, that Sal uh, Freelick kid that just came up this week, last weekend, you know, he's had a terrific start, home run five RBIs already. You know, Randall Gritchett, Lane, Lane Thomas, they got the pitching. I know Woodruff's going to miss like a week or two, um, but, you know, they still got Barnes, they, they, or Burns, they, their pitching staff. They get, they, act, they get to October, they'll be dangerous. And that's why I think you add a couple of bats to that lineup. Yelch has been better since the month of June. Yep. I, you know, I that 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 team could could scare like a Braves and a Dodgers, you know, in a five game series, seven game series. It would be fun to be able to get behind a team like the Brewers in the postseason. Yeah. yeah. I'm like against the Reds this week. That you know, watching those two games the last couple of nights, that atmosphere has been unbelievable in Milwaukee. Like they're they're behind that team, and it seems like a really good baseball town. So yeah, you know, that again, you know, late late the season, postseason you know, kind of stretch there. Yeah, you know, be seems like really good atmospheres out there in Milwaukee, which would be, you know, fun to see. Totally. Um, yeah, and and uh, you know, coming up after the break here, we'll talk dive into a little football. We'll talk about Joe's Giants. They made two moves with Barkley and Andrew Thomas, and then uh, Justin Herbert of the San Diego or now nah, not San Diego Chargers, the LA Chargers net, um, signing a big extension there with Chargers. But um, you know, we'll be right back after these two commercial. Um, messages we can expect another wet summer in connecticut and that means more mosquitoes than ever if you don't have your home apps can do a lot of cool things you could order dinner gamble on your favorite team and track your health you could even get a mortgage one click and you can be approved i'm not sure by who or what country they're in you deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live, human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com. Email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com or give him a call. 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338-923. Any Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Any Mac Home Mortgage. Lo-Fi Direct. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender Broker Number, ML338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. 
Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. And welcome back here to Sports Talk with uh, R&J. And now now we've transitioned to the NFL. A lot of train camps open this week. We're eight days away from the uh, Hall of Fame game. And, Joe, I'll get your thoughts first on this as you are a Giant fan. Saquon Barkley ends the lock or ends his kind of holdout here. Signs a one-year deal. Um, could get franchise tag next year, but my big kind of thing is here. The Giants offered him a two-year, uh, $22 million deal, you know, um, at one point, and that was fully guaranteed, and he kind of lost that. But what are your thoughts of uh, Shaquan Barkley kind of ending this now and, you know, kind of your outlook here for the Giants? If Saquon was looking for a five-year, $70 million deal, I would have understood the Giants' reluctance. But he was only looking for a short-term deal. And apparently, you were just a couple of million dollars off and just some guaranteed money off. Why you would why you would put your best player through this is beyond me. Like this this doesn't make any sense. Uh I saw reports where he was asking for a ton of money. He said that that wasn't true. I tend to believe him um over the franchise. This is the same franchise that told me that they signed Odell Beckham not to trade him and then days later traded him. So I don't, I don't believe anything that the New York giants say. Okay. Uh, they're also being sued by Brian Flores for being racist. So I don't know. It's like hard to trust the giants. Um, you threw a lot of money at Daniel Jones. I was, I was shocked uh, at the, at the figure that they settled on, but I, the market bears out. That's what it is. I, you know, somebody, I, I saw something recently where Daniel Jones asked for $47 million, which again, I was told, no, that's not true. And he asked for 40. I mean, that's uh, still a lot of money. He yeah. wasn't like, pay me less. I don't understand. I mean, look, there are teams that don't value running backs. I get that. The Giants aren't one of them. The Raiders aren't one of them. The Cowboys aren't one of them. The Bengals aren't one of them. So, I, I'm I'm confused. Like the Giants are I, I don't know what Giant fans have been thinking the last couple of weeks. They're very pro the organization. Saquon's greedy. Saquon's this, Saquon's that. For most people who don't know this, Justin, he doesn't spend his game checks. Really? That's yeah, he's putting them away. He's only spending um uh endorsement money. He bought his mother a house with endorsement money. He's not spending his game checks. He's building wealth for himself because he knows as an NFL running back, 10, 12 years tops, best case scenario, you know, mm -hmm. best case scenario, 10, 12 years. That's all you're getting. And he knows this. They declined his fifth year option. 
and then they put him through the ringer franchise tag and they've left themselves the ability to do it again. I mean, I'm, I was all for Saquon not showing up. I thought Saquon should have held out and possibly missed the entire season. Because Saquon now puts himself in the position of if he rushes for 1,400 yards this year and he catches 70 passes, he's now a year older and a year more abused than he was when he could barely get a deal this year. There are a handful of running backs in the NFL who are special. Christian McCaffrey, always hurt, is one of those guys. Alvin Kamara, another one of those guys who's always banged up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. You're going to tell me some guy's worth $16 million who misses. Again, this is the Mike Trout, Aaron Judge argument with Saquon and McCaffrey. It's like, well, McCaffrey's always out too. Why is it only Saquon where we have your best availability is your best? Whatever. So I don't like this. I The fact that this team was nickel and diamond, their star player, the face of the franchise, either move on from the guy, go out there, get Dalvin Cook, or, or pay the guy. Pay the guy. You you caused problems. In the, I mean, how many players came out on behalf of Saquon? Bunch of them. Mm-hmm. So there's already dissension in the ranks. This, this is not this is not a good look for the Giants, especially when you had just signed Daniel Jones to all that money. Dexter Lawrence got paid. Andrew Thomas. Nice. He gets paid. Now, I think it might even have been Steve that wrote this. I think I saw earlier talking about the uh Value of those positions, defensive tackle, left tackle, quarterback. That's NFL mm-hmm. 23. Running back is like from 1980s nonsense, right, Justin? Yeah. The Giants still run their offense through their running back. He's 30% of the entire offense, and it all runs through Saquon. So, again, we're not talking about Cordell Patterson. We're not talking about, uh, I don't know, Austin Eckler. You know, the Chargers are trying to move themselves. Sure. Again, there's another guy that's unhappy. Mm-hmm. But look, there's all these great. I mean, Zeke's still around. Dalvin Cook's still available. Yeah. There's there's some guys to be had. So again, if these guys are really such a dime a dozen as I hear lately. How come more of these unsigned, undrafted guys aren't big superstars? Because, like, four of them have done well in the NFL in the last five years. I'm supposed to believe that running backs have no value. I know teams that can't run in the NFL struggle. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not buying this. I don't like this. I, I, I mean, again, if this was a team that throws the ball 50 times a game and that's the game plan going in. Then you're like, Oh, Barkley got to take what you get, but they're, they're going to expect you to touch the ball 25 to 30 times a game. And the guy handing you the ball is making four times what you do. And the guy that's opening the hole for you is making five times 
mm-hmm. what you're getting. I don't know. Like yeah. uh, you, you tell me, right? I mean, this kid's it, yeah. it, ten, ten touchdowns last season, ten million dollars this year. Really, a million dollars a touchdown. <laughs> if they were paying Kadarius Tony for touchdowns. They wouldn't have owed him a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I, this is to me. Look, this is the the Giants are a different kind of team because of how important this position is to what they do. I understand Thomas is important and Jones was important, but they treated this guy like trash. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get that at all. He's, he's, you know, look, I hate Wayne Gallman. And he was the backup for most of the Barkley yep. run here. And when Wayne Gallman is in a football game, you realize, Jeff, You realize that there's some guys that have something special. Wayne Goldman, nothing special. No. Saquon, special. Big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I understand your point about you know Giants doing them dirty and all that. You know, I just don't think the Giants wanted to reset the running back market. I don't think they wanted to do that. And you know, because again, and you know, yeah, it's somewhat unfair these running backs, but it's such a passing league now and you're seeing, and I talked about, you know, we kind of talked about Barkley last week. I'm like, you're seeing now on fourth and one teams are going five wide, spreading things out, throwing the football. Like it's unfortunate for these guys, but like, look, the fullback that that's going extinct pretty much. And I as a league NFL team using a fullback anymore, you know, like, so like, I get your point of, you know, the Giants did them dirty, but it just nobody wants to, nobody wants to pay the running backs. And I get, you know, Barkley is such an important piece of that offense, but, I just don't think the Giants wanted to reset that market, and that's. I get that. I mean, I I want to pay my guys as little as humanly possible, because that's good for morale. I I mean, again, you're talking about the, you know these teams. The the Giants and Barkley were just a couple million dollars off yeah. to coming to like a a respectable long term deal, and he wasn't looking to reset the market. He said that repeatedly. So again, you're talking, it's not like he wanted 20 million a year for five years. And you're like, no, Mm. you were in the ballpark, you know, 22 million guaranteed over two years. It's like, well, that sucks for a guy who scored 10 touchdowns last season. Yeah. Nobody else in this team had more than like three. Give me a break. Like he is, he is the offense. And look, he's too good of a guy to actually sit out because his teammates were like, dude, do what you got to do. Other at running backs in the league, like, do what you got to do. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't love this. I, I think this was doing a guy dirty for no reason. And, and again, clubhouse chemistry is super important. No, it is. And see, and I feel like too, like if Mayor was still running the, sh- like if, you know, like with the Eli's, like we're, because I know Mara loves this guy, and I know Mara would have paid him every single dime that he could. But I feel like for the Giants organization, it it's somewhat a good thing because now you know, like Shane is in charge. Like he he ain't taking orders from Mara now, right? You know, like I, I think that's a positive sign. You know, even coming out of this, because again, I, I think the Eli stuff set you guys back for a couple years that that last extension. You know, I, I so I I think that's you know is a good thing. But um, yeah, with the Barkley, it just again it's. 
yeah, it's unfortunate. I just, I, it's just the way the sport is. And I don't think the running backs ever going to extinct, but the more and more kind of QB friendly, this sport becomes, I just think the running back kind of continues to kind of creep kind of further, less, you know, as important, I feel like. Oh, sure. But and also look, the, the NFL has done everything they can to protect quarterbacks, to protect wide receivers, to protect tight ends. They've done nothing to backs. nothing in the way of protecting running backs. They could still be hit blindside. I mean, whatever, uh, you know, they still have their face masks pulled and it doesn't get called. You know, if you sneeze yeah. near the quarterback, you're getting a flag. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Again, there's like 25 teams in the NFL where if you were like, they're not going to resign the running back. I'm like, yeah, they don't need to. This mm-hmm. is not one of those teams. It just isn't. This guy's vitally important to the success of the Giants. You know, I, I believe in Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones turned the corner. I think he's a better quarterback than most people, including Madden, will give him credit for. But without Saquon, that offense is not great. With Saquon, that offense is a little better than mediocre. Without him, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is like, you know, they, they they gave Eli the extension and then traded Beckham. And I thought, yeah, like what's going why on? Why didn't yeah. we just move on from Eli then? It's like, hey, Eli, we're going to run you back, but we're going to take your best target and trade it. Mm, yeah. It's like, how's that? Yeah. How's that going to help? You know, that, like, right? Yeah. It's like you're making the team worse. Taking Saquon away from, from Jones, that wasn't going to make it uh, – you want to get your $40 million worth from Jones, you're going to need Saquon to be there and, and producing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And absolutely. you haven't given him any incentive to do that here. No. No, you haven't. You know, and but yeah, you know, Barkley, yeah, you know, Barkley didn't want to, sounds like he didn't want to sit out here. He was going to sign the deal. You know, again, I, I don't expect him to kind of be grumpy. And I don't expect him to be coming here and, you know, again, inside, I bet, yeah, he's disappointed in all this, but like, I don't expect him to take that, take it out on like the Giants, his teammates, and anything like that, which is, you know, a good thing that will definitely help the team around. But yeah, he's such a big part because, again, I know water, I know you guys are finally hoping your wide receivers are going to stay healthy, but yeah, like, again, you lose three wide receivers again, you're going to need them along the passing game, too. You know, like, that's tell you what, though, week 14, my ankle's sore. I'm Saquon, I'm sitting. Yeah, I'm 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 not I'm not risking my health going forward. I got nothing guaranteed beyond this year. Yeah. So you're you're putting us in a bad spot down the line. Yeah. No, I could I could yeah. Again, I you know it'd be tough to blame him because yeah, you know, he you know, I understand he wanted the money, he wanted to guarantee money because yeah, it's such a short shelf life there right now in the NFL for these running backs, you know, fair or not, and you know, it's disappointing and you know, now we move on now to uh, the man who will be protecting Daniel Jones' blindside for the next five years, Andrew Thomas. And, you know, yeah, I'll let you because uh, uh, you, you are a giant fan here. And, you know, I'll quickly kind of say, look, he had a really rough rookie year. But the last couple of years, he's really found his he's really he's been terrific. He's been one of the less, best left tackles in the sport. Um, he's been, you know, back to back years, second um, all pro. Like he, he's been unbelievable. He's been a great pick here um, for the Giants after start out kind of looking like, man, this kid may be a bust. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I remember thinking about that cause I didn't want him 
No, I think I want? wanted, I think Tristan Wirfs was the guy I oh. wanted. And obviously look, that didn't yeah. work out any better, but, and it just speaks to how hard it is to get these things right time and time again. Uh, yeah. Thomas didn't, didn't look great. Uh, much, much like uh fellow, well, his end mate, uh, the right tackle. Now the giants got Neil. Uh, who coming out of Bama was a little disappointing his rookie season. Later in the year, started to turn it around, and we're hoping uh, that he'll be able to do what Andrew Thomas did. As you mentioned, the last couple of years, he's been one of the best in the game, um, and he's so important to the New York Giants. Their offensive line has not been great. They've got a, a, a rookie center who they're, they're hoping could be a 10, 15-year guy. Neil on the right, Thomas here anchoring the left for a long time to come. You gave Jones all that money. You went out and got all the weapons for Jones. You skimped by and brought him Saquon back at a discount. <laughs> um, but this guy's probably the most important uh, guy in blue right now is Andrew Thomas. And uh, I'm thrilled the big guy got paid. I'm glad that the Giants, and this is a, a very good contract for the Giants. It sets them up. Because uh, as you mentioned, look, things had not been going well. Dave Gettleman put them. It, it it shocks me when I see year after year, like the Giants have no salary cap space. Who's on this team? They don't even have anybody good. It's not like it's not like they have like some superstar eating up payroll. Yeah. It's just been a series of really bad contracts, uh, and and you know restructuring deals to try to move money around. And then again, right at some point, it all comes due. And then you're insanely strapped for for cash. So I, I'm glad the Giants are making some moves here. And uh, you know, again, this is one of those things, though. And in, in the last two days, Justin, right? The the Giants have have committed about 137 and a half million dollars to two players. And here's the thing: it doesn't make the Giants any better than it did yesterday. That's it. You spent a ton of money. And the team's not any better. It's the those two guys. Uh, you know, this is like I said when the Giants signed uh, Aaron Judge, three hundred sixty million dollars. Okay, now you're not worse than you were last year. So let's get started on the off season. Mm. Getting these things done now. This is great for the Giants. You know, again, you've got a great young team, very talented football team. I do think the Giants will regress a tiny bit this year. I think seven or eight wins is probably more likely. Uh, you know, I nailed it last year. I said that was a 10-win team. I went yeah. through on uh, John about the G-Men, and I, I pointed out which 10 that they the Giants could win. The Giants had a pretty good schedule last year. And I know the NFL uh, and ESPN, people like that struggle with this, but just because the Green Bay Packers or the Green Bay Packers doesn't mean that they're going to be good automatically. Uh, everyone seems to think the Packers are going to be great. Jordan Love's going to be just fine. Mm. Oh, okay. Have you not been watching the NFL ever? Yeah. Uh, it's a tough transition into the league, and so they're going to have problems. And if Aaron Rodgers couldn't make that offense go, Jordan Love might have some struggles yeah. with it during the season. You could expect that. But uh, the, the Giants' core, it's young, it's good, it's talented. Um, I like these moves. I, I, I don't know how the Saquon thing works out long-term, but I'm glad they committed to Daniel Jones. I think he earned his way. 
to a couple more seasons as the starting quarterback. Hopefully he doesn't have too much of a regression this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully he continues to improve if he does. You know, I I think with the schedule, though, they're going to have a hard time. They're going to have a hard time getting the 500. I I mean, their first eight games, they could be one in seven. Yeah. And having to dig out of that kind of hole. And they're not an eight, you know, win eight in a row kind of team. So uh, I I, I think that the Giants early on, you're going to. And that's why having Barkley out of the gate is especially important, Justin. Because they mm-hmm. need all hands on deck those first eight games. That that schedule is, boy, for winning a wild card, they did the Giants <laughs> dirty with that schedule. Oh, yeah. They oh did what? Six of your first nine are on the road, something like that? Like, yeah, yeah. It, the NFL did not do you any. Yeah, it is brutal. I think you guys uh, you know, take somebody off in that yeah. in the uh, NFL front office or something. Man. Well, yeah. look, you know, it's funny. All last year was the Giants kept winning games. People are they're, they're lucky. Imagine that in the NFL, you're you you're yeah, ten yeah. and seven because you're lucky. You know, a lot of NFL uh, experts, particularly ESPN, embarrassed themselves on a weekly basis all last season because they couldn't admit that maybe, just maybe, with some good coaching, the Giants had talent mm. and were a pretty decent football team. You, you you don't win by luck in the NFL. And if you think that you're, you're not a serious, you're not a serious analyst. Yeah. There's no such thing as luck. No. You force turnovers. They don't just happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you're going to make things happen in the NFL. A defensive stand late to keep a, a Justin Herbert out of the end zone. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. they got lucky there. Did did they or did he throw a pick? Yeah. It's not luck. Right? Maybe yeah. maybe the safety sat back and and you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. some they some more it. went into it than just they got lucky. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally watched a game last year, uh maybe it was two years ago, where where I watched Lamar Jackson. The ball fell out of Lamar Jackson's hand while he was scrambling in overtime. Is that lucky? No, that's what happens when you have a quarterback who scrambles in overtime. The possibility mm. of him fumbling will always be there. Um, yep. It's not luck that it happened. It's like a matter of time before it does. It does. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, yeah, it's, again, you know, the Giants, again, Dable, they, they hit it right. You know, Shane at the, as GM, again, you know, Giant, your Giants are turning in the right direction. I know a lot, you know. I know it'll be a little bit disappointing. They take us. I know some giant fans. It's like, well, we just be at ten last year. Now we only get seven. No, be a little bit disappointing. But yeah, like again, even if it's a seven-one team, I, I still think with this front office and with Dable um, as a head coach, I, I think the Giants are going in the right direction. So yeah, it's a it's about time the Giants have finally got their act together, and you know they're they're going to be fun to watch for uh, the next for the next couple years to come. And you know we'll move on to our final kind of topic of the day here with Justin Herbert signing. The big extension here with the Los Angeles Chargers, um, you know, five years, two hundred and sixty-two million dollars, two hundred nineteen million of that's going to be guaranteed. Again, Justin Herbert, um, you know, has been one of the best quarterbacks you know in the sport just you know since coming in, um, and you know with this offense again, somebody I thought coming out of college was, you know, I didn't really know what to expect from him. But man, the, the more I've seen of him and the more I've seen of Mario Cristobal since that was his head coach in college at Oregon. Yeah, I, I think Cristobal kind of 
what's the reason why maybe this guy did not get his he did not fully tap his potential in college because uh he's unbelievable and again you know Kellen Moore coming in as the OC I didn't really like him in Dallas last year you know I thought that I thought again like third and one third and two Dallas seemed like every time they were throwing a 50-yard pass and I'm like what are we doing here you know like so we'll, we'll see what happens there I'm not a big fan of Brandon Staley but they got the Chiefs in their division um but man if they could find it you know, I was kind of hoping maybe they go after Sean Payton because Sean Payton with Justin Herbert would have been really awesome to watch. Um, but look, I, I think Chargers did good here. They got it done right before training camp here. And um, I'm excited to kind of see what happens with the Chargers. I think, again, I think Chargers, or the Chiefs still a little bit better than them in their division. But is it a team in a loaded AFC that maybe one of these years with Herbert, they can crack through and you know get, get to a Super Bowl, maybe even win it? You know, it's it's interesting. I think as long as Patrick Mahomes is making less money than Herbert and Wilson and Garoppolo, uh, right? I think yeah. I think as long as those guys are making more than Mahomes, it's a big advantage to the Chiefs. I mean, let's be honest. If if anybody should be the number one paid quarterback in the NFL, should be Mahomes, and everybody should shuffle in right behind him and herbert would be right up there mm-hmm. like one you know one of the top four or five guys behind pat mahomes we saw what tom brady did in not taking all the money that he could have gotten i i'd be curious to see how this is structured because on its face you're talking about 52 million dollars a year you're paying this guy yeah. okay there's a lot of other needs that a team has on a very limited with a very limited cap, it's a lot mm. of money to to be investing. And I'll say what I thought a couple of years ago when the, the the Chiefs gave Mahomes that huge deal in the first place. Is this going to be a problem in keeping guys around? And then a year later, Tyree Kill had to go, and I thought, yes, that's what I'm talking about. This quarterback's got to get paid. You got to take care of a lot of guaranteed money. I get all that. Has this guy won a playoff game yet? No. Okay. They blew what twenty-three league in Jacksonville. This, this that to me is a huge problem here. And listen, the, the the when when people are like, "Cat Daniel Jones got forty, that's crazy." Well, Daniel Jones has a playoff win now. And as much listen, I'm not saying he's a better player than than Herbert. He's certainly not. Herbert's clearly the more talented and the better player. What's the argument going to be? Well, the Giants are a better team. They had a better coaching. Stop it. At some point in this league, if you want to last as a quarterback, there's one thing you have to do, and it's not throw for 45 touchdowns. It's not throwing for 5,000 yards. It's winning a playoff game. Mm -hmm. Tim Tebow did it, and then Mm -hmm. they made him him play tight end for the Jets. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I sometimes I don't understand the logic in some of the things that happen. Justin Herbert is great and deserves a ton of money. Does this contract prohibit you from keeping Keenan Allen and Mike Williams around? Mm. Does this does this have an impact on what you'll be able to do with your defense down the line? Probably. Does yeah. this make the team better today? No. No. You just gave your quarterback a ton more money. A guy who's never won a playoff game. 
That's a problem. That's a lot of money for a guy who never won a playoff game. Uh, I'm all right with the Daniel Jones money because Daniel Jones has won a playoff game. I think it's as simple as that. You win a playoff game, pay pay the guy. That's fine. It's an investment. It's like, uh, If you make the playoffs, you're probably going to go back. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like Justin Herbert a lot. I love Lamar Jackson. I'm 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 all about these guys getting their worth and getting paid. But it seems like everybody just wants to set the market. Again, Saquon didn't want to set the market. He just wanted to get paid fairly and get some guaranteed money. He's a big part of that offense. And he's a big part of the reason they won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the reasons that they could win another playoff game if they were to get into one. So that's hugely important. Good for Justin Herbert. Um, again, I don't like that we're constantly resetting the quarterback market. Yeah, uh, and again, we're doing it with guys who don't have anything other than statistics to show for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I see your point. And, you know, yeah, like the playoff win, you know, he hasn't been, you know, I, I think the coaching has hold, held him back a bit. You know, again, I have to go back and watch how they, because I don't totally remember how they blew that, like, playoff game this year against Jacksonville. You know, like, I, you know, the way Staley runs his defense, I, they don't care about. I do believe it was a Justin Herbert interception okay. that ultimately cost that team the game. And again, yeah, look, I'm not saying he's yeah. not a good player, but. Yeah, he's got. A, I've, I've noticed this guy's entire career. And your buddy Risser is is uh, one of the worst at this. Is it's everybody else's fault that Justin Herbert doesn't win a lot of games. It's the coaching, it's the front office, it's the defense, it's the offensive line. And then you talk about a Daniel Jones. Oh, he's not even in the same league. Well, he's got all the same problems, though. So he kind of is in the same league. We we don't know until all things are equal. We wouldn't, we wouldn't really be able to know that. Again, in their biggest and best opportunities, one of them won a playoff game last year, and the other blew it. Mm-hmm. And the guy that blew it has just reset the quarterback market. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting is all I'm saying. No, you're right. It, it you Again, know, yeah. if you're if you're trying to project like look, he's super talented. Oh, I get that. But the guy that's not super talented won the playoff game. So, what's important, I guess? Yeah. No, you're right, you know, yeah, cuz you know, this yeah, the team hasn't Teammates not getting better, just resign him. Yeah, you know, like again, Eckler, I think he's only supposed to get paid like six million. They they're looking to ship him off. And he, he's had 38 touchdowns the last two years, you know. Mm-hmm. That's been an important part. Yeah, you know, and he's resetting the QB markets. Again, I going back to the running back debate. This is probably why running back getting less because yeah, it's a hard yes. cast sport. It's not like <laughs> baseball where you can kind of just pay whatever you want. You know, hey, we'll give the quarterback extra money. Yeah, well, that means we're okay, we're gonna take some uh some money away from the running backs and you know, yep. these owners seem fine with it. You know, it, unfortunately it's not fair to these running backs, but again, I, unfortunately I don't see it changing. You know, it's oh. for all the running backs. This is the way the game's set up. I mean, it, it makes sense. I don't like it, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I know it's, it's a disappointing part of it, but um, you know, it is what it is. And again, as long as it continues to kind of evolve as a more of a passing league, it's going to continue to happen. And, 
you know, we'll kind of see what happens to running back position in the next five to 10 years. So it'll be very, very interesting to see what happens. But, um, you know, you got any final thoughts of, uh, on that or wrap things up? Again, I mean, it's an evolving sport. And, you know, the, the I mean, again, all the kids want to play wide receivers now, quarterbacks yeah. and wide receivers. They don't want to be running backs anymore. And I totally get that. Uh, but that's that's the evolution of the NFL. That's what the NFL is obviously wants because that's what they've promoted with their rules and with everything else. So yeah, it is what it is, as they say. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree with you. And then uh Joe, thanks again for coming on today. You could find Joe as uh, he's the president of CMG. You could find him on a wide range of podcasts, you know, all over the network. He's on many of them. Uh thanks again, Joe, uh, for jumping jumping on with me today. And Steve will be back next week. Um you know, have a good week, everybody, and we'll talk to you next. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Jones had first down, wide open. It's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Fins, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.